You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Coming up, we are doing a voicemail episode. Now, disclaimer at the beginning here, and I'll, I'll, I'll plug this again at the end. We are not going to get to all of the voicemails in this episode, and that is by design. Because coming up on, David, is it on Friday's episode we, that we record Thursday? Is that correct? Yeah, it's supposed to be it'll yeah, it's supposed to be Thursday night, so it'll be Friday's episode. Okay. So coming up when we record on Thursday, we are scheduled to have good friend of the show and CEO of the Draft Network, JC Cornell, coming on to the show. And some of your voicemails actually pertain to some of the things that JC's been talking about on Twitter. So we're gonna save those for that episode. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can follow through with that and there's no you know last minute scheduling conflicts as that does happen every now and again. Um, but we are saving some of these to talk to JC about. So if you guys have questions for JC, make sure that you're calling and leaving us a voicemail. But we do have a couple that we want to go ahead and tackle on this episode. So David, without further ado, let's go ahead and fire up that first voicemail. What's up, guys? Josh from Georgia here. Um, just seeing that uh, the Bucks acquired Shaq Barrett from the Broncos. Um, he's, uh, he's a pass rusher outside linebacker. A lot of people are saying that why is, why do we get an outside linebacker when we already have Levante David? Um, I'm thinking that Levante David is going to be more of a pass coverage since he's older. Shaq Barrett, really, he's kind of young, about the same age as Dayon Buchanan. So I, I think that they're going to drop um, Levante David and Dayon Buchanan back as well as in the draft trying to um get a uh get a pass rusher some type of outside maybe another outside linebacker like Devin White or uh run stopper or like a defensive end or something like that um just want to know your thoughts on Shaq Barrett man um Bucks fans I would I would really recommend looking up highlights on this guy um he's a beast he definitely definitely has a lot of football knowledge you can just tell from just watching his highlights not only sacks he's had 14 sacks in his whole career in the four years he's been in and um you know as far as re- reading and awareness of uh past coverages and uh, certain runs he's, he's well aware of uh, what to do so look up highlights on him um again guys go bucks and uh thanks for the podcast uh yeah thanks for the call josh and and i agree with your you with your enthusiasm about shaquille barrett uh definitely a guy that when when we saw the news break that the buccaneers are bringing him in and adding him to their roster it was it was just something that made me smile i mean we've talked about it all offseason james that the buccaneers linebacker group you know we, we we like what they have as far as the players they actually have on roster the problem is they don't have a lot of players on roster and some of the players they do have uh like Kendall Beckwith like like Sitchi I mean they're guys that we were really high on you know I was extremely excited when they drafted Sitchi but I even said back then the the question is going to be can his body hold up to his career decisions and unfortunately at least in his rookie season it did not we'll have to see what happens moving forward but it just doesn't seem like it's it's going to be a thing that pans out uh, at this point, and then of course, Quan being up in the air now, you know, with him being gone, so they needed linebacker help. Whether it was an interior linebacker, uh, similar to what like Daniel Buchanan is gonna is gonna bring, even though he's not really a traditional middle linebacker or edge edge an edge presence like Shaquille Barrett, 
they needed to do something. They need to bring somebody in because you can't just draft all of your depth uh, in, in this one position group. So definitely, definitely a guy that, you know, if I had my pick of outside linebackers to bring into this crew, he would have been uh, on that short list for sure. Uh, again, I mentioned, you know, my home, my home that I call home is, is Colorado. That's where I spent the the better part of my teenage years and stuff. So I obviously have connections back there and, and ties back there. I always will. And I, and all of my friends, you know, uh, as soon as, as soon as they found out that he was, he was headed to Tampa, were hitting me up talking about how, you know, they hate to see him go to Denver, but you know, they were talking about, Oh man, it's really cool. You get to cover him. You get to talk about him. You get to do it. And yeah, everything that you said, Josh is, on point. So Bucks fans, I, I echo everything Josh said. If you don't know about Shaq Barrett, by all means go study. Uh go look up some clips. Go look up some, you know, game pass film and, and look him up. Uh definitely a guy who hasn't really had his opportunity to be a 16 game starter. Not totally sure. We'll have to see how the draft pans out if he'll necessarily get it now. Uh but either way, whatever time he gets on the field, if the dude is anything, he's all motor. So I mean you're I think Bucks fans are really gonna enjoy having Shaquille Barrett on their roster. Yeah, I'm really excited about the the signing of Barrett and and the potential that he has and you know, it's like you just said, yeah, you know, he hasn't had really had the opportunity to be that full-time starter and you've kind of seen that the more opportunity he's gotten the most that he's really made of it. So it'll be it'll be really cool to see what he can do when he, you know, has the keys to the car essentially and and you know, he's he's one of the guys that is you know, a, a starter and, and consistently on the field. You know, I thought it was, I thought it was a great signing. You know, I, I enjoy kind of what they're doing here with these one and two year deals and, and kind of getting guys on the, you know, productive guys for, for low cost. And, you know, that can turn into high value and high ceiling. And I think Shaq's going to be a, a really solid player for the Bucks, And I'm interested to see how he really kind of helps the the linebacking core as a whole, uh, really adapt to this this new system that they're going to be running. Oh yeah, very excited. All right, well, David, why don't we go ahead and hop over to voicemail number two? Hi, my name is Brian Betancourt from Tampa. Hey guys, I love your show. The quick question: After free agencies happened for a couple of days that's been going on, I see that there are still some good running backs out there, and uh, I saw a draft scenario where mock draft said that if the Bucks dropped down from five to thirteen, do you think that do you think that they would trade spots with the Dolphins if they traded up for Haskins? And who do you think that they would pick at that spot at thirteen? Otherwise, do you think they'll draw they'll try to go ahead and get maybe Jay Ajayi or Amir Abdullah or Isaiah Crowell as a free agent. Who do you think that they would sign or who do you think that they would draft at that spot if they dropped down from 5 to 13? Uh, thank you very much and have a good one. All right, Brian, really appreciate the call. Uh, I hope that's not the, the last time that you call in. Yeah, it's it's funny you bring that up because actually, you know, David, we, we had the episode where we created these, these draft trade scenarios and we both kind of targeted the Dolphins um, and, and as we said on that episode, you know, we, we were looking at guys like Devin White, Devin Bush, Ed Oliver at that 13 range. So I, I do believe they go defense in the first round somewhere in the front seven. I don't think they would draft corner or safety in the first round this year. They need, they need a veteran in that group rather than, uh, yet another young guy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think a, a trade, down for the Buccaneers is a increasingly likely scenario as as every day passes. Now, 
that's not to say that that things can't change. You know, the the draft is such a such a funny thing, but I would say that Jason Light has <clears throat> he's done a good job of of trying to secure these draft day trades and and kind of shift his way around and and move down and accumulate more picks. And I think that's the ultimate goal. But David, as we said on that on that scenario episode, you know, that's that's never a sure thing. And if the value's not there, you're gonna pull the trigger on a player that you love. And uh, whether that be, you know, Ed Oliver or, or Devin White, or if you see uh, a Quinn and Williams or a Josh Allen slip down to them at five, um, you know, any one of those players, I think would be a good pick for the Bucks and, and would fit in really well with what they're trying to accomplish. Um, as far as the running backs are concerned, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bucks went after Crowell just to have another kind of veteran in there. Uh, I don't think they would be in on on Jay Ajayi. Uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna cost too much money, and he's gonna want more years than than the Bucks are willing to give up. So yeah, it's it's possible, but I would say that as far as the running backs are concerned, unless they draft one, they, I'd say they're pretty set with with Barber and uh, Rojo and and Andre Ellington. Yeah, I mean, I really like. Uh... I really like the Dolphins as as a trade partner. I really feel like that's probably the most likely scenario. It just makes um, I, sense. I, yeah, exactly. Um, outside of that, I mean, I think the Redskins are an option. I think the Broncos maybe. I think I still think the Broncos are in on a quarterback. But I think John Elway this this might be the year where John Elway is more willing to let one fall to him at ten and see who is available rather than forcing his way up to grab one. Uh, I, I think that uh, I really that, that I, think, I really think that's kind of where John is, is probably sitting at in his, his mindset, and that, that comes from absolutely zero sources. So, All the more um, reason for the Dolphins to jump up is to get ahead of the Broncos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that the Buccaneers are in a situation similar to last year. And if, if everybody remembers coming into last year's draft, we were talking about there were like two or three players, right, Quentin Nelson, uh, Chubb was one of them. I, I want to say there was a third. I can't remember off the top of my head anymore who it was, but there were two or three players who it was like, okay, if, if one of these two or three players is there, then they're drafting them. They're picking them. If they're not, then they're trading back and they're targeting uh, a, you know, a Vita Vey or a Derwin James, something like that. And that's exactly what happened. I feel like the Bucks are in the same situation this year. And that's what I kind of talked about. It's just it kind of seems weird. So right now, you know, if you're paying attention to the the top three or four teams, so if you're looking at the Cardinals, the Niners, the Jets, and the Raiders. There are one, two, three, or four players that you can put on a draft board and say, we want one of those one, two, three, or four players, depending on where they're picking, and say, we want them at our pick and are happy with them. There are not five players. And I know Jason Light at the Combine said there are five players that he wants right now at number five. When I look at the top of the board, I don't see five top five players. I see four top five players. So that puts the Buccaneers in a really weird situation, or, or really even three top five players, to be quite honest with you. You're talking Quentin Williams, Nick Bosa, and and Josh Allen. So if those three guys are gone, which unless there's a couple trades, like the Jets have been rumored as, as a trade partner for somebody to jump up and take a quarterback at number three. The Cardinals obviously are rumored to be taking Kyler Murray. I don't think it happens, but hey, you know what do I know? Uh, if, if it's not going to happen, then the Cardinals are most definitely posturing themselves to try to get somebody to jump up to number one. So if the Cardinals and Jets both trade out, then you're talking about quarterbacks going at one and three. So now you're looking at Quinton Williams, Nick Bosa, or uh, Josh Allen. One of the three will be available at number five. So now as the Buccaneers, you're good. You can still shop the pick. 
see if you get good enough value to work to warrant trading back. But if not, you've got one of your three players that you definitely want at that position. However, if the Cardinals don't go quarterback, they need defense. They need edge help. So you figure they're going either Quinton Williams or they're going Nick Bosa. And then you look at the Niners, and they're in pretty much the exact same position. So they're either going uh, Nick Bosa or they're going Josh Allen. And then you look at the Jets. They're in the same situation. So again, now you're talking Quinton Williams or one of those edge rushers. And then the Raiders, the same thing. So I don't see outside of trades happening because the Jets don't need a quarterback. I don't buy that the Raiders are, are looking at quarterback at number four. And uh, the 49ers, I think they definitely still believe in Jimmy G. So oh, three yeah. of the four teams picking in front of the Buccaneers do not need a quarterback, which means barring trades, three of those four teams are drafting most likely defense, which means the Buccaneers that are sitting at five could very well find themselves in a situation where they go, well, crap. We're here in the at pick five, and we don't have a guy that we really want to buy into at pick number five, which means they're looking at a tradeback scenario to take one of those guys like a Devin White or an Ed Oliver or a Devin Bush uh, or a Rashawn Gary, you know, whatever, whatever you're looking at uh, in that position. So I really like the tradeback idea. I really think it's probably going to happen, but you know, the draft is crazy. So who who knows? And as far as running backs, uh, I think that if the if the Buccaneers do add to the running back group as it currently stands, they're going to do so in the draft. They're going to do so probably in the third round, especially if they get like an extra third pick somewhere via trade somehow, you know, whether it's in the trade back or they do like a draft day trade for a Gerald McCoy or something like that, then I think that that extra third round pick could be used on a running back or you're looking at like fourth round. You know, I know, I know Scott Reynolds over Peter report is really high on, on the kid out of Memphis. You've got, you've got some other guys that are out there who can really do some damage. Uh, both with the ball in their hands from the backfield and as receivers, and I really think that's where the Buccaneers' running back room is 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 deficient as receivers. Um, I think out like Sean Wilson is probably the best receiver right now as it stands coming out of the backfield, and he's you know a fourth running back at best right now in the NFL. Uh, as far as guys like Isaiah Crowell, like I get the hype and all that. I guess I don't know. I don't really understand it because I don't think he does anything different enough. Another you know million dollar deal. Uh, into that room because again, you just re-signed Peyton Barber. You have Ronald Jones. I got it. He didn't do much last year, but you invested a second round draft pick in him as a franchise. You're not going to cut bait with him that quickly, I don't think. Andre Ellington was brought in, and I still think that he was brought in more to be a coach than a player. But he can't coach if he's not on the team. You know what I'm saying? So he's got to be in the building somewhere. <laughs> um, so signing a free agent like Isaiah Crowell, Isaiah Crowell, you're basically setting yourself up to, I mean, are they really going to carry four running backs? I don't know. I, I haven't looked at the Arizona Cardinals history with Bruce Arians and, and all that, but I mean, do teams really carry four running backs nowadays on their active roster? Uh, I'm sure some do. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just see the Buccaneers as way too much of a vertical type system to carry that many running backs uh, at one time. I, I don't know. I guess it could happen, but to me, it just seems like a, a wasted roster spot because one of those guys is pretty much never going to touch the ball. Like I said, none of them are really all that different from the other. Amir Abdul is a guy I was really high on coming out of Nebraska, but honestly, since he went to the Lions, I haven't really watched much. I know he didn't pan out there, but I don't know why. I don't know what the reasoning is, and so I can't really speak too, too uh, intelligently on Amir Abdul as a pro. There's just too many years between then and when he came out of Nebraska, but I will say that coming out of Nebraska, he definitely looked like a guy who could turn into a dynamic dual threat running back. Uh, it just doesn't seem to have panned out. So, all right. Well, say about that. Uh, well, and I, I thought you made great points. Yeah, this is why we have people call in. They have questions. We have answers. We think we have answers anyway. We have, <laughs> we have answers that you know we feel make sense. 
whether the team agrees or not, you know, we'll have to wait yeah. and, and be seen. Maybe we'll have to put together like a best of clip of all the things that we get right and, and send it to, to Jason at, at one buck and be like, Hey, you should <laughs> hire us. We're good at this. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's going to care. We're um, just trying to get it. Is, the it is, room, it is interesting though. So we've already done the episode of the trade back, right? But you and I, are currently so it's interesting timing for timing for Brian because you and I are currently working on kind of a point counterpoint about the running back group in this very topic. So yes, uh, that'll be going up on Bucks Nation whenever you deem fit, whenever you or Gil decide to publish it. So I would say that it'll probably be up on Wednesday. Wednesday would Sweet. be a good bet. Sweet. So all right, well, David, let's go ahead and get to the last voicemail because it is from our buddy Chef. And it's really long, Chef. You, yeah, I, I know, I know. You, you start to get on these rants, and and you start to get all these ideas, and you get excited, and you like to talk for a long time. But you really got to make sure you're cutting these voicemails down, because uh, yeah, we we need to keep them around that sixty second mark, buddy. But we'll go ahead and get you on on here. Hey, gentlemen, it's Chef uh, calling back. I haven't uh, left a voicemail in a while, so I thought I'd leave one here today. It's a bus, and uh, it's more of a rant right now. Look, uh, I like Ira Kaufman. I uh, I sort of like Bus Hollerate Isbit, but DeKemper, I swear to God, I don't know how that guy has credentials. That guy makes such outrageous, outlandish claims, like almost every time he is on Ira's podcast. I mean, he has gone on this narrative about how Kwong, after Kwong got injured, the defense was uh, better, even though Kwong got injured on the exact same day he was balling out when Duffner took over the defense. It's not the, it's not the other way around, and it's not that hard of a concept to understand, but he just loves to throw narratives out there and try to make it stick. Kind of like Skip Bayless, in a way, but at least Skip Bayless actually knows a thing or two about football and a player evaluation, even though he is a biased uh, boy. Biased Cowboys fanboy. But anyways, and then he uh, uh, goes off of a uh, just a unhinged uh, rant about Devin White, a player he probably has not seen one single minute or even second of tape on, and is like saying, oh, if, uh, if Jason Light dressed him, I'm going to just go ballistic, whatever. Well, you know what, uh, DeKemper, how about you watch some film on the kid before you blast him the way you did? Kind of like how last year you said that, oh, what's the big thing with Derwin White or uh, with uh, Derwin James? He, uh, the defense wasn't that great. I mean, what's so special about him? And uh, Derwin, Derwin James exactly showed you why everybody was talking about him as Sean Taylor-like. And then he goes on. Then he talks about, uh, was it, Josh Allen and uh, Montez Sweat, especially Montez Sweat, calling them generational talents. Last I remember, they've had one good year out of four. I don't know how that concludes generational talent. Then he says uh, what Quentin Nelson isn't uh, the reason why that offense uh, was so explosive and so dynamic. Did he watch the film? Because Quentin Nelson was mauling players left and right. Open up gigantic holes for uh, Marlon Mack. And uh, that's one of the biggest reasons why that offense took off. I don't understand uh, how Lee has credentials. And you know what? If I get, if I get you know what for this? You know what? I'd rather speak my mind and be true to who I am than kiss somebody's yeah, like like you said, James, we definitely always appreciate hearing from Chef. That was that was definitely one of his longer ones, and you hear he was a little motivated uh, in that. In that, and we actually uh, we actually messaged back and forth a little bit after he sent that voicemail in. And listen, here's here's I think here's the bottom line, and I don't I don't I don't want to speak for you, James. So obviously you're going to have your say, but here's kind of the way I look at it. There's there's a lot of Buccaneers entities out there right now. All right, we're one of them. Um, but you got Pew Report. You got 
you've got J- JBF and you've got the Ira Kaufman, you've got Pulowski, you've got, I mean, the Buccaneers even have their own, you know, they've got their salty dog podcast and all the stuff that Casey's doing over there with the video and, and, and everything else. And you've got the, the RSA Peter report. Um, you've got the Peter cast, you know, with Brent and Ren over there, you've got uh, our, our friends, Phil and Mark over there with, with full press coverage. You've got, I'm going to miss some of you got Mr. Bucks nation on YouTube. I mean, uh, Gene, of course, over there on YouTube as well. Yeah, there's I about mean, there's so many podcasts, so you're going to miss some. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ian Beckles, you know what I mean? You've got Ian Beckles. I mean, there are so many people talking about this team. It's kind of weird. It's almost like our fringe media and media presence is actually, it, it's, it's, it's like, it's probably about five times too large for the actual size of the media market that the Buccaneers have. A possession of uh, in comparison to other teams, right? We're not all going to agree on things. And, and I, I will be the first to tell you, like when, when Deshaun Watson came out of, of Clemson, I said, you know, if I, I don't know if you remember this, James, but I said, you know, I think Deshaun Watson's a first round quarterback. If he goes to the Houston Texans, I just looked at the Texans like, this is a perfect fit. I really think it's going to be, you know, that's really the best chance he has for success. So in that case, I was right. And I'll ring my own bell and be like, woo, I'm, I'm really smart. I knew Deshaun Watson would be a great fit for the Houston Texans. However, I also thought that Patrick Mahomes would need at least two years of studying behind a veteran before he would be ready to play as a starter in the NFL. Turns out he only needed one. So I was wrong there, and I'm okay being wrong there. None of us are going to be all, or all that's always going to be right. But really, what it is is just, I think we all kind of angle to give honest opinions, even if they're not the popular opinions. Now, I don't know how they got to the conclusion that the defense was better without Quan. From a functional standpoint, I disagree. We've already talked about that. We disagree. And again, that's that's perfectly fine. Two, you know, two people can disagree. But what I would where I would where I would stop short is saying that Lee or anybody else out there is just throwing out opinions for the sake of throwing out opinions, because unless I know that, because we met Lee at the combine, and that was the first time I've ever met him in person. And just that week, I mean, I wasn't there on Lee Patrol, you know, but I did see him and you know, we were in the groups together sometimes at podiums talking to the same players. Uh, and he, he, you know, when he asked questions, they were really smart questions. They were really good questions. They were impactful questions. I mean, just, just you know, calling a spade a spade. Some people, you know, they ask questions. I mean, we do it on some of our interviews, like the rapid fire. You know, they're not really supposed to be, you know, mind-bending and intellectual questions about the, the intricacies of football. They're supposed to be more relaxed and fun. Well, some of the reporters there at the Combine are doing the same thing. But Lee's questions always seem to have some sort of depth to them and some there was a purpose to it right uh i remember one specific instance we were running around getting as many wide receiver you know uh, quotes and and questions in as we could and uh, at one point we met up i was like oh where's mccall hardman i want to i definitely want to make sure that we get some stuff from mccall hardman and we looked at like oh he's over at this table so i was okay and for those of you don't know you've got players at the podiums and then you've got players at the tables well the podiums are like your blue chip players like your devin white's your ed oliver's and then the guys at the tables are more like your day three type guys or your undrafted free agent type guys. So I head over there to the table where McCole Hardman is sitting and I walk up and who's sitting next to him? Lee. He's sitting next to him and he's talking to him. And he's asking him questions. And they're good questions. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh man, this is, this is good stuff. You know, so this is definitely a guy who I can tell you just from our one interaction that week there in Indianapolis, the dude works, you know I mean? He was in the media workroom. Uh, I, probably about as long as we were, if not longer, some days, James. So what I can tell you, I can vouch for chef is his work ethic. Like the dude puts in the work. He's definitely out there grinding just like everybody else. I cannot speak to the motivations of what he's saying. I don't know. Maybe, you know, I understand what you're saying. Like sometimes I look at guys like Colin 
And I look at guys like Stephen A. Smith, and I'm like, man, they're just saying stuff to say stuff. Like their contract says they got to talk for this many seconds, so they're talking for that many seconds. So I get where you're, I get where you're coming from. However, we don't know that. Maybe that's how he truly feels. Maybe he really does think Montez Sweat is a generational player. I disagree. Maybe he really thinks that Quan Alexander or the defense was better off without Quan Alexander. Again, I disagree. But I would stop short in saying that, you know, he's just saying stuff to be saying stuff versus actually putting in work, creating an opinion of his own that even if it doesn't fit everybody else's narrative is still his narrative. Yeah. And as, as you said, I mean, our, at least, you know, me personally, my, my couple interactions with Lee, you know, they went, they went fine. And, and I was, I was kind of in the same boat, you know, I would listen to him on Iris podcast and I would just kind of shake my head and be like, what on earth is this guy even talking about? Like, how does he come up with this stuff? But yeah, I mean, we saw him putting in the work. We saw him, you know, moving around and, and chatting with people and, and asking solid questions. And yeah, I mean, opinions are just that they're opinions. Did the defense get better once Quan Alexander left? Yes, it did. Now, was that because Quan Alexander left? No, I don't believe so because Quan Alexander getting hurt also coincided with the firing of Mike Smith and Mark Duffner taking over. I think that's what changed the defense, and I think they would have been even better if Quan Alexander had been on the field. But again, that's his opinion. You know, I don't necessarily, even though you know David puts in the work and I put in the work and, and we do all this stuff, that doesn't mean we're always going to agree. I mean, David and I have had plenty of disagreements. Um, there's a, no, we a, haven't. I hate you. There's, <laughs> In our in our group chat for Bucks Nation, there is at least one argument a day between yeah. <laughs> at least, and and a lot of it it's the same argument all the time. You know, we we talk about players that we like in the draft, and there's guys that that want to go one direction, and there's guys that want to go in another direction, and we sit there and we argue back and forth, and yeah. basically keep repeating the same points. But that's because those yeah. are our opinions. Nobody's going to change anybody else's mind. But I am. You know, no, you're not. Stop I don't disagree with you, James. Oh, jeez, I hate you. Yeah, it's their opinions for a reason. Now, if he's saying, yeah, I, I would get it if he was saying, you know, uh, being a little bit more brash about it. I guess, like arguing with somebody else about how you know the defense got better because Quan was was injured or because Quan wasn't on the field, but. You know, the times that I've I've heard him speak about it, you know, I've even heard him say, you know, the defense got better when Quan Alexander was out. And then he would go on to say, now, I'm not saying it's because Quan was out, mm-hmm. but they did get better when Quan went out. And it just happened to coincide with with the the firing of Mike Smith. So, you know, there's been plenty of times I've listened to Iris podcast or or the commission or or, you know, Pewter Nation or, or any of those. Or the pewter cast, and I've just shaken my head, and I've said, "Are these guys absolutely freaking insane? Like, there's no way you can truly believe that." But they do, but because that's their opinion, that's what they have formulated in their mind based on what they've seen, what they've read, what they've watched, you know, what they've heard, and and I develop my opinions the same way. I I can go into our Bucks Nation group chat right now and say I firmly believe that the Buccaneers would not make a mistake if they drafted Devin White at number five. And I promise you, I would have at least three people within 30 seconds flip out and tell me exactly how insanely stupid I am for thinking a linebacker at number five is fine. Yeah. It's just it, it, That's just how it is. 
So I'm 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 not gonna sit here and and question Lee or or Steve's work ethic or dedication to to what they do or what they watch or or who they reach out to or who they talk to because I've I've seen it in action and Lee does he does put in the work and he does ask great questions and you know it doesn't mean I'm gonna agree with his opinion you know I'd sit down and have a have a few beers with him and and we could we could go back and forth and maybe we would both leave, you know, even more entrenched in our, in our previous beliefs. But I, I respect his opinion uh, because I know he works to, to formulate. We are way, way out of time. So uh, please, if you have any questions, concerns, or thoughts, make sure you're giving us a call at 813-444-5841. Again, we're going to tackle some more voicemails with JC Cornell on Thursday's recording for Friday's episode. So if you have any questions for JC, make sure you're giving us a call. Um, make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Coming up on tomorrow's episode, I won't be there because David had a very, very special interview. Would you like to, to disclose who you had an interview with? Who did you interview uh, earlier today, David? Uh, Rocky Sin, defensive back out of Temple. Yes. Yeah. So Rocky my favorite guys in the draft will be on the podcast tomorrow. I, unfortunately, because there was some confusion, I was not able to make it as quickly as, as that interview came together. So I will not be on that episode, but David had a great conversation with rock and really looking forward to hearing that. So until then, we would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us right here at locked on box. So let's leave it alone Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree